So Isaiah chapter 28, verse 23 through 26. Um, and it reads this, and I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. It says, listen to me, listen and pay close attention. Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Is he forever cultivating the soil and never planting? Does he not finally plant his seeds, black cumin, cumin, wheat, barley, and wheat, in each in its proper way and each in its proper place? The farmer knows just what to do, for God has given him understanding. And then our continual text throughout this particular series is Genesis 8 and 22. Genesis 8:22. it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and winter, cold and heat rather, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. And today I want to use for a topic today is the anatomy of a seed, the anatomy of a seed. When we begin to talk about harvest and receiving a harvest and walking in a harvest and walking in a harvest season, I begin to take a step back and really understand that in order to receive our harvest, a harvest begins with seeds. A harvest begins with seed sown. It begins with the soil, to uh, 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 the soil dug up. It begins with a lot of groundwork before we even get to the point of receiving a harvest. It has to start with us sowing seeds in its proper place and in its proper time. And this could be, we sow a lot of seeds. This could be physical seeds. You know, you think about actual natural seeds, financial seeds, seeds with our words, seeds with our work, seeds in our relationship. That is the only way that we can actually receive a harvest is if we are actually sowing seeds and continually sowing seeds. And I begin to think about this when I begin to think about seeds, or for example, my words, right? I begin to think about what is it that a seed is actually doing and what is it about a seed that causes it to produce a harvest? I want you to stay with me here. I'm trying to kind of, you know, hey, we're trying to get there. What is it about a seed that causes it to produce a harvest? And the first thing I begin to understand when we talk about a seed, what is a seed? Now, we know I should have brought an example, right? A physical seed, right? But you've seen seeds. The first thing we have to understand about a seed is that a seed carries the DNA of the future. A seed carries the DNA of the future. A seed is always full of what is next. A seed is not really preoccupied with the now. A seed is always full of what is next. I hope you guys hear this. You got to just hear this in your spirit today. And the seed carries the future on the inside of it. It exists to bring forth the future. God, that's so good. Y'all got right. Y'all take some notes today. So a seed carries with it. The, it carries with the DNA. It carries with it data. It carries with it destiny. And it carries with it a destination. A seed is not just something that is there just for now and just no purpose. No, it is full of destiny. It is full of the future. And a seed works always towards the future. It's not working towards the past. It's not even working for the present. But our seeds, whatever seeds we're sowing, they're always working towards the future. Every time a seed is planted, it immediately begins to move toward the future. And it begins to move toward the future to meet you at the next place, to meet you in next week, to meet you 10 years from now, to meet you in next month. So remember that when we talk about sowing seeds, a seed is always for the future. It's not for now. It's not for today. 
but it moves, it is structured in a way to where when it is planted, it immediately begins to move toward the future. Every time a seed is released, every time a seed is released, it goes ahead of you to the future. So when I speak my words, word seeds, and I begin to speak over my life, when I begin to speak over my children, when I begin to speak over my finances, that begins to move ahead of me for the future manifestation, for the future harvest. And so when we begin to release financial seeds and I begin to bless you and you begin to bless me and we begin to sow into the kingdom, it begins to go ahead to return, to make a return in the future, a return of that harvest. And also not that not just does a seed have DNA or it carries the DNA of the future, but in order to understand harvest, we have to know that seeds always have an assignment. Every time we sow a seed, it is on, uh, Mr. Art says in the all time, it is on assignment to do something. And we have to, uh, uh, Mr. Art, I'm still on all your stuff today, but you say this to me all the time. We have to make sure that we're assigning, make sure, okay, this seed is for this. I am sowing this seed. See, I'm sowing you to bring a harvest of my children being saved when they're 40 and 50 and leading their children to the Lord. So when we begin to sow seeds, when we begin to think about seeds, we have to know that they are always on assignment. And so I, you know, I, begin, to, I, I begin to think my whole life. I said, wait a minute. What, what have I been assigning my seeds to do? And as we talked about a little bit last week, what have I been sowing into my mind, into my body, into my spirit that I want to see a harvest on down the road? Because I understand that when I begin to sow, that this thing is working for the future. It's not just for now. And the future harvest is, is dependent upon the present seeds. The future harvest is dependent on the present seeds. And so not only does a seed carry the DNA of the future, but a seed carries the potential for overflow. A seed carries the potential for overflow. A seed, oh, this is so good. I, I, I'm trying to get through this. I'm, a seed is, well, the way we see it, it is never limited to the form that we see it in. I hope y'all. It is never limited to the form we see it in. A seed is a chamber of overflow. A seed is an instrument of overflow. It is designed to be transformed into something greater. It is designed to form into something greater than itself. I don't know anything that, that comes out of seed form that is smaller than what the seed was. That's not a child. That's not a human being. We're all seeds and we're all here now. We're not, you know, that's a microscopic thing. Not an apple tree, not an orange, not a watermelon. Nothing in its final form is smaller than what the seed was. It is full of overflow. And so now think about this. We can see that in the natural. We can see that from an apple tree. We can understand that from a watermelon. But can we understand that with our words over ourselves? Oh, my God. Can we understand that with what we say about our kids? Can we understand that with how we speak over, over other people's lives? To say that you might have said to, you know, you might have said, oh, I can't do this. But that one seed of I can't has now grown into a debilitating fear that will have you paralyzed for 10 years because of one word of I can't do that. One word, I don't know, I just, I, I just, or oh, 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 one word, and I know some of you say, one word, somebody telling you when you were seven, you're stupid, has grown into now, 30 years from now, stuck in a dead-end job, won't do anything, won't do, afraid to, to, to try anything because of one seed that was spoken that has overflowed into something negative. Now, that's a negative example, but what about a positive? What about if somebody says to you, you are somebody, hey, your identity is secure, hey, you can do, hey, don't know, you can do that thing. 
And over the time, someone saying that to you over and over, it grows into, wait a minute, now I got some confidence. Wait a minute, now I'm trying stuff that nobody in my family has done. Wait a minute, now I'm, I'm doing things that nobody in my generation has done. Wait a minute, now I'm pursuing things. Now things are happening that no one around me has never seen them do. But because, because grandmama told me that when I was eight years old. At that grown, that has grown into now. Now I'm a, I'm a businessman. Now I got 17 businesses. I'm a, all these things, right? When we think about these seeds, that it's always designed with overflow. That final form never looks like what that seed was. And this thing about too, when you, and we see this too, the outgrowing, the overflow of a seed. You ever watch those? Uh, I, I watch these videos, like these time lapse videos, where they like have like a little, um, a little side shot of like a cup or something or a bucket. And you see the seed go in there and they like time lapse it over like a few days, a week, a month. And you'll see the seed begin to, it breaks open and the tap root goes down and it begins to spread out. And all this stuff, right? Those videos are showing that nature of overflow for that seed. Yeah, they, they might have planted it as a little whatever, a little bean. But we begin to see in that just little video that they begins to overflow. And it begins to move out and the roots begin to come and the fruit begins to come, right? Because a seed is always full and designed for overflow. It always begins to overflow. Our words overflow, our faith overflows, our relationship overflows, but it starts with these seeds. And this is what we really want to see in our lives. We want to see this harvest, but we have to understand, wait a minute, in order to receive this harvest fully, I have to begin to examine where have I been sowing seeds? Where have I been sowing seeds? And what have those seeds been looking like? Have they been seeds of grace? Seeds of mercy, or have they been seeds of condemnation? Or have they been seeds of judgment? Have they been seeds of you can and you are somebody and you are in Christ, sowing seeds of the word in myself, sowing seeds in prayer? Or has it been, depending on my flesh, seeds of whatever in the case of me, right? We want to see this overflow, but we have to understand that it starts with those seeds. So as I just said, the seeds never look like the harvest. The seeds never look like the harvest. The harvest always like, wait a minute, all this came from that little grain, that little apple seed. I know my wife does this with our kids sometimes, she would anyway. They would get a fruit or something, and all of a sudden I would see seeds sitting on the counter in a bag. I'm like, oh, they about to go plant something out here, you know? <laughs> but that apple, I don't eat apples because they're disgusting. Um, <laughs> I think I might be allergic to these. No, I'm not. I said, see, see, someone sees my words. That apple never looks like that seed, right? It never, that harvest never looks like the seed. An example of this too, um, let's go over to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. It says this. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. Let's not become discouraged in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not become weary. So we understand that the harvest never looks like the seeds. In this verse, what, he dem- what, the, 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 what Apostle Paul demonstrates for us. He, he makes his parallel concerning the flesh and the spirit. Where verse 8, he says that if you sow to your own flesh, you will reap destruction. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap eternal life. Now, this is the thing. The flesh alone doesn't look like destruction. And the spirit life 
sowing into the spirit, reading, praying, whatever it is to be. That doesn't necessarily look like eternal life. But he's saying that when we sow into the flesh, basically fulfilling our fleshy desires, he says that's going to show up in a bigger way in total destruction. But he says when we make these simple steps of sowing into our spirit, we will reap something that is so eternal that is beyond anything that we could ever see. But it starts with the, simp the simplicity of sowing into our spirit today. So your world around you, my world around you, it may not look like eternal life on Tuesday morning when you're at work and you got some crazy email and now you're trying not to cut. That might not look like eternal life, right? That might not look like, oh, if I just go ahead and cut them out and eat by email, that's going to end up in destruction, right? It might not look like that. Yeah, of course not, right? I know y'all don't curse and you don't curse in email, so I guess I'm talking to the wrong church here. Um, but <laughs> I know that, <laughs> I know that might not look like destruction, but he's saying that those, when you take those simple steps to say, I'm going to hold my tongue. He says that that's working. He said that's working for you an eternal life down the road. He says when you make those simple steps to say, I'm going to trust Christ with my life, even though it may not look you know, right. It may not look like the right time. He says that that's working for you eternal. Or he says when you make those decisions, I'm going to give in to my flesh desires, whatever that can be. It could be sin. It could be this. It could be that. Cuss them out. It could be sleeping around. Whatever the case would be. He says that's working a destruction later on that we don't necessarily think about it when we're here. And this is the this is this is this is the, the trouble that we have living in this world because we're in the flesh, but we're really wanting to pour into our spirit, man. This is why we're even talking about things like fasting are so important. Because it's telling our flesh, you are not in control, and I'm not gonna get into you so that I end up with destruction later. This is why important why we fast and pray. While we deny our flesh to say, wait a minute, I'm gonna sow into my spirit, man, so that I can reap the eternal life later. You know, I thought about this in a more practical example. Yeah, I told y'all last week that last year I did really good. I worked out a lot last year, right? Now you may look at me and say, Corey, don't like you working out. Don't you worry. The time is coming. The summer is coming. I'm going to be out here looking. But last year I worked out the most I ever worked out since college, probably a long time ago, right? So I worked out probably a good eight out of the 12 months. I was three days a week. I was at the gym. I was in my garage actually most of that time, but then at the gym. And when I found, you know, so I, sometimes when I would do home workouts, I would do like push-ups and sit-ups and stuff like that just to try and, you know, stay active. And I begin to think about this when we talk about harvest, right? I begin to think that these crunches and sit-ups, they don't, they don't look like six-pack. <laughs> Especially when you're down to, you know, crunch number 99. You're like, Lord, oh, you're doing no push-ups, right? Those sit-ups don't necessarily look like six-pack when you're in there sweating and you're struggling, right? Y'all work out, so y'all know what I'm saying, right? It doesn't look like, you know, those guys on Instagram, they're looking off. I'll be like, man, you got 13 things down there, man. But they got that from doing something, sowing into their body in a way that produced the harvest of a six-pack, right? Practical example. But in that moment of in there, you trying to, you know, you sweating, you struggling, right? That doesn't feel like six-pack. But it's working for you. Come on, make it spiritual. It's working a six-pack for you, an eternal six-pack. <laughs> but I began to think about that, and I was like, man, the, and, uh, just a funny example. I said the, the, the sit-ups are the seed of the six-pack. The harvest is the six-pack. The harvest is, I come up and I see Archer, hey, girl, listen, hey, I'm, you know, hey, you know what I'm saying? You know, that's, hey, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to say nothing else about that. Some of y'all married, y'all understand. That's the, the, har the, the harvest is the six-pack, but the seeds are the sit-ups in the garage. You know, when it's cold, six in the morning when no one sees you, right? And I begin to think about this too, right? Even in our spirituality, in our walk with Christ, is that a lot of times for us, the sit-ups feel like praying first thing in the morning. 
The sit-ups feel like staying consistent in your devotional. Sometimes the sit-ups feel, feel like studying your word when you're kind of tired and, you, you know, whatever, turning the TV off. Sometimes that feels like the sit-ups, right? Sometimes that feels like the workout, but he says that's actually working for you. That's working for you. See, the sit-ups are serving in the community. The sit-ups are praying for your neighbors after they didn't say something crazy to you, loving your enemies, right? He says that's the workout. But he says that's working for us, even in a spiritual sense, a greater fellowship with Christ. It's working in harvest for us in a greater anointing, a greater revelation of his word, a greater authority and greater power. But he says we got to be willing to do the spiritual sit-ups because those are the seeds of this harvest. And even when we talk about this harvest, right? And, and you may be thinking, I may be just be talking about money, or I may just be talking about you're going to get a new job. And you might get that too. I don't know. But I begin to think about this too when we talk about reaping a harvest. And when we talk about walking with the Lord, that wait a minute. I don't want to just see a harvest of a new job. I don't want to just see a harvest of a new, a new car. I don't want to just see a harvest of a new house. No, I want to see a harvest of souls being saved. I want to see a harvest of people being healed when they come in our services. I want to see a harvest of people, the dead being raised. I want to see a harvest of, of people coming in and, and, and you laying hands on them. Not just me, but you laying hands on them and they, they come back and say the cancer is gone. That's the harvest that we want to see, but it starts with the seeds of walking in close fellowship with Christ. The seeds of depending on Holy Spirit each and every day. The seeds of growing in that relationship with Him. It's not just things. I don't want you to miss this and think I'm just talking about things. Because it's greater than that. I think the greater harvest that our Father is concerned about is the harvest of souls. The harvest of people that need Christ. The harvest of people that are dying and going to hell. He's saying that, hey, you step and stay in line with me so that I can lead you to pray for that brother at the store. So I can lead you to help lead that person to Christ at your job. That's the greater harvest. And this is the last thing, and I'm about to be done. So not only does the seed not look like the harvest, and it grows into that, but this, I begin to think about a couple of things that, that have to happen with seeds. And the first thing is this, is that seed, a seed has to be released. A seed has to be released. And it says this, this is right back at our text from earlier in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 24 and 25. It says, does a farmer always plow and never sow? It says, is he forever cultivating the soil and never planting? Or does he not finally plant his seeds? Seeds do their best work when we let them go. Seeds do their best work when we release them. A seed ain't doing me no good in my pocket. I ain't got no dirt in my pocket, so it ain't going to grow in there. A seed is not going to do me any good if I'm holding on to it. See, this is the thing. Seeds are one of those things that they don't work if you hold on to them. Oh, my God. They don't. Good God. That, oh, y'all write that down. Seeds don't work if you hold on to them. They only work when we release them. They only work when we let them go. They listen and then check this out. They only work when we let them go in such a way that you wonder, is it still there? Remember, when you go and plant a seed and bury it in the ground for a while, it's like, is it there? Is it growing? Is that harvest ever going to come? And see, this is the thing about seeds when we talk about sowing is that we have to be willing to let seeds go in order to get the harvest. We have to be willing to release some things because he said, if you release this now, there's a harvest for later. If you release this now, there was a gathering that will come later. If you release this now, there will be a benefit later, but it has to be released. It has to be let out of our hand. It has to be let out of our pockets, let out of our storehouses. He said, you have to sow this in order to receive a harvest. And this is the thing, like I said a second ago, is that for a moment, we talk about natural seeds, right? For a moment, they go out of view 
And you're like, what happened? I, I, I sold it. This is so good. He's, I sold this into them, and now they didn't call me back. I sold my time into that person, and now I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the harvest of what I've sown. See, there's a moment after we sow, and this could be with our money, when you say, man, God, I gave this offering, I gave it to this person. Damn, my bills are still. There's a moment where we say, is the harvest coming? Is the harvest going to be there? Because that seed is underneath. This is the dirt, so y'all just put it. That seed is under the surface. And we wonder for a moment, is this thing going to happen? But he says, in those moments, that's where you now have to hold on to the promise of harvest. That's where now it's not just feelings, but now it's some real faith because you say, God, I know I've sown. I know I've sown here. I should be seeing harvest. God, I know I've sown there. God, I know I've sown into them. God, I know I've sown this money. God, I know I've sown. I was doing sit-ups last year. Where my six-pack at? See, he says in those moments, you have to hold on to the promise of harvest. Because there's going to come a moment in all of our lives. There's going to come a moment in this journey of sowing and harvest. He says, well, there's going to be a moment where you wonder, is this going to happen? And I know each and every person has been here at a moment where you say, God, is this going to happen? God, is it going to work out? God, I, I really believe you said do this. I really believe you said move over there. I really believe you said switch that job. I really believe that you told me to pour into that person's life. I really believe you told me to go to the school. I really believe there's a moment for all of us where you say, God, I, I feel like I did what you asked me to do. I feel like I, I really felt like I was led by the spirit in that. And then you wonder, is that harvest going to come? And you wonder, is it going to be a return? Is, is this thing going to work out or did I miss it or was I wrong? I know I've been there and that's why I'm kind of leaning on this for a minute because I know I've been there to say, God, I thought I, I, thought I had you. I thought I was in your will with that. But he says, sometimes that's the moment where you are my will, but the seed is just under the surface right now. It, and the thing is, this is so good. Remember when I told you about the timelapse videos, a lot of times what happens with those seeds, it goes down first. The tap root goes down. So he's saying, God, he said, your seed is working. Your seed is working, but it just has not broken through that is visible yet to the surface, right? But he said, just because you don't see it, and this is God, man, this, this is, I can't get out of this because this is our life with Christ sometimes. This is what God sometimes, he said, just because you don't always see it working, just because you don't always see it moving, just because you don't always see it manifesting, that doesn't mean that my word is not working. That doesn't mean that these seeds are not working. That doesn't mean that you are not working and drawing closer to me. That doesn't mean that return is not coming to you. So I want to encourage, I really feel like there's some folks in here today, and I know it's a few of us, so I'm not calling people out, but I'm just saying that you may be wondering, you're wondering like, man, God, is this working? I've sown and I don't see it. I've sown and I don't see it popping through. I've sown and I'm not seeing fruit. He said, you have to hold on to the promise of harvest because he says, I, have, I told you that if you sow, you will reap. I've laid in my word. I said, if you sow, you will reap. So now you have to hold on to my promise and know that if you have truly sown, that you will see that harvest and that return and know that even if you do not see it working, he says, I'm still working. That seed is still growing, but it has not yet approached the time of harvest. And you have to be willing to, as we like to say, but we don't like to do wait on the Lord and wait for his appointed time for that harvest. But do not abandon your faith as you wait. I'm going to say that again. Do not abandon your faith as you wait. 
Amen. I pray you all receive that today. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads and pray.